0: This Saturday night, Minnesota United travels to Chicago to take on the fire right here on Score North, the Score North mobile app, and at live.scorenorth.com. Join Jonathan Harrison and Dan Terhar for the pregame at 6.30, and they'll kick things off at 7.
1: That's hit to right field. Hit pretty well. Going back is Maben at the wall. That ball is gone. A two-run home run for Mitch Garver.
0: All right, Score North, Twin Show. First place if you're Rami or Derek. There you go. <laughs> if you're me, uh, first place, but you have problems against the Yankees. Maybe we
2: but- can just shorten it to the Score North Twin Show.
0: Uh, that's what I want. Okay, let's can stick we with please? That. Yes. Can we please? That'll play. All right, let's go to the phone line joining us now. Spending some time, and we appreciate it. Uh, Twins GM Thad Levine joins from uh, Toronto. Uh, start you off with this one, sir. How did you weigh, or how do you weigh, watching uh, the eighth inning of yesterday's game with your team still having a chance to potentially come back and win, but it starts to have a driving rain? And and I I would imagine that you're weighing, in that sense, too, a definite concern about player safety. Is that accurate?
1: It it, it is. You know, and and we went into the game yesterday knowing that we were going to have a pretty tight window to get in, ideally somewhere between five and eight innings. I don't think uh, based upon Mother Nature's inclusion in the game that we were really overly optimistic we were going to get nine in. I think they actually did a pretty good job of just even being able to get an official game in. But once you get to that point uh, and you're watching the game and you're seeing water pooling on the field and you just see the difficulty that the pitchers are having and throwing strikes, I think you realize that, that it's just you have to prioritize player safety at that point. Love to walk out of there with a win. But at the end of the day, I, I you know, we totally support the decision that was made to, to, to cancel the game at that point. It just felt as if the field was officially unplayable, and certainly Romero was reflective of how difficult it was for him to throw strikes
2: at that point. Yeah. Thad, it's Derek here. You guys are in first place and might be close to getting Miguel Sano back. What can you tell us about the updates that you're receiving on his uh, Billy Madison-style tour through the minor leagues here?
1: So a good, great, great analogy there. So you know, on a few fronts, I just would like to talk about that. One is clear: his performance in the minor leagues has been has been solid. You know, he ended a home run again yesterday, and he's, he's been swinging the bat well. I think, additionally, from Miguel, as, as fans have learned about him over his career here, that that's only part of the equation. The other part of the equation is is how is he doing in terms of his his maintenance off the field and. He's done a really nice job. He's been really committed to the program that we put in place last offseason. Unfortunately, sustained the injury coming into the year, so we didn't get to he did to have the full benefit of that. But he's he's getting back in great shape, and he's also been a nice mentor to some of our younger players down mm. there. So I think on all those fronts, Miguel has shown a lot of maturity, uh, and certainly from our fans' standpoint, uh, some decent power along the way as well.
2: Yeah, and. I know people don't like to put timetables on this stuff, but fancy, you know, climbs up to double a and he hits a home run the other day that made its rounds on Twitter. Do you guys have a date in mind that if it goes well for him, you'd like to see him back in the big league lineup?
1: So our, our plan with him and the answer is generally speaking, yes. I can't tell you it's a specific date, but it's a, it's kind of certain metrics that we're looking for him to, to pass. But our, our thought here is he's just spent so much time away from the field Uh, that we're not going to shortchange him here. We're not going to artificially rush him. We're very comfortable with the unit we have at the major league level. So when he is fully ready to go and we're putting him in a position where he can play the majority of the games in a given week, then I think we'll we'll bring him back up. And even then we're going to probably ease him back in just due to some of the weapons we have in guys like Marwin Gonzalez and, Jonathan Scope and Polanco and Adrian. So we're, we're going to be able to spell him so he doesn't have to play every single day. Sure. But when we bring him back up, you know, our goal is this is a one-way ticket and he doesn't have any setbacks along the way. So we're going to be a little cautious on the front end to hopefully reap all the benefits down the road.
0: Is that, does he come back and play third base on a consistent basis? Or are we talking about a potential situation here where Miguel plays some third, some first, and DHs
1: as well, do you think? So I, I would answer both of your questions by saying yes. I think he will primarily play first to third base, but I do think we are going to rotate him through first and through DH. And then as I just mentioned, probably you're going to see him have a few off days at the outset of his, of his reintroduction into the big leagues as well. I, I think we do feel as if we've got somewhere between 10 and 12 really, real solid major league offensive players that we can rotate through spots. And I think what Rocco's demonstrated already is a willingness to, to keep everybody fresh by giving guys days off with some consistency. I think McGill will be no different, and I think his defensive versatility would play very nicely into that.
0: I think I've seen a positive step in the past week, and want to run this by you. Did somebody get to Byron Buxton and say, Byron, we love you, and you're unbelievable, and you make great catches, but we do not need you trying to initiate contact with fences. It seems to me like the last week he's made about three or four really um, patented Buxton catches, but instead of crashing into the wall like a defensive back in football, he feels for it and slows himself down. And if somebody did, congratulations, because this is a good step, I think.
1: You know, it's, it's it's remarkable watching him play. I mean, I think the fans love those catches. I think the other teams' uh, jaws drop at those catches, and everybody in the front office uh, cringes when he does that. You know, it's just amazing his ability to make those catches and then propel himself into the wall. You know, we look at and say the whole purpose of the warning track is to give an average human being the ability to break down from sprint <laughs> speed to, to slowing down before they crash into an immovable object. He's not a normal human being. I think we need to have a little bit of a wider uh, track for him (laughs) out there because the one that's currently being in use is certainly not slowing him down in a quick enough fashion. But, hey, listen, he's, he's spectacular to watch out there. I, I wish guys would challenge a move coming in or going left and right more than going back. Sure.
2: Yeah, th- maybe a Byron Buxton warning track at Target Fields coming next summer. That'd be fun.
1: 20 yards wide.
2: <laughs> You're not kidding. No. Uh, Twins GM Thad Levine is our guest on the Score North first place Twins show, as we're calling it this week. Uh, Thad, this has been really fun from an outsider's perspective to watch the pitching, evolve in the Twins organization. Wes Johnson hired from the outside, coming from the college ranks. I know, of course, he's got help in developing these pitchers, but what can you say from your perspective about how the development has gone here this season in 2019 from guys like Jacob de Rizzi, Martin Perez, and on and on down that list?
1: I I, I you know, You're absolutely right. Uh, Wes Johnson deserves a ton of credit, but he's got a team of people working with him, and we paired him up very purposely with Jeremy Hefner, who has run our advance the last couple of years. I think the two guys really bring such a tremendous attitude to the process, and that is they are tirelessly working to develop individual programs for each of our pitchers. So there's no sense of, I think, what what our fans had learned to to call the twins way in the past, which was most of the pitchers were encouraged to pitch the same way. Our guys are not doing that. They're they're sitting down with each individual pitcher, uh, they're sitting down with our analytics folks and determining what's what's the optimal pitch mix or, or should we introduce a new pitch or de emphasize another one? Should we emphasize a location or de emphasize a, a different location? And they've really gotten buy in from the pitchers because they've seen results. And yeah. when they don't get an immediate trans- traction, I think Wes and half have done just such a great job continuing to try to come up with different ways of explaining what they're trying to achieve and working individually with these guys. So I think the pitchers really have learned to respect those two coaches because they clearly have their best interest in mind. And then it doesn't hurt the fact that we've now seen some great performances on the field uh, to back it up. And, uh, you know, obviously the players deserve all the credit for that. I think Jeremy Heffner and Wes Johnson have put the pitchers in position to succeed. I think the pitchers have gone out and succeeded what was, you know, regarded as a plus offensive club coming into the season, I think has proven to be a lot more balanced than maybe fans would have expected.
2: Yeah, no, it's been fascinating from the outside to watch that kind of go down. Speaking of the outside too, uh, we in the media and certainly fans of this club follow other clubs around the big leagues and see what has happened to Cleveland here in the first five weeks of the season. Um, not, not specifically from a performance standpoint, but losing guys like Clevenger, Corey Kluber. Um, some big blows for that club from a front office perspective. Thad, do you guys do you guys pay attention to that? Does it change how you operate on a daily basis?
1: Yeah, I think I think we have to pay attention to. It. You know, we're we're constantly evaluating our team relative to its chief competitors, and, and certainly the Cleveland Indians are the class of the American League Central until we or another team unseats them. So we're very attentive to what what's going on with them now. You know, on our side of the ledger. Miguel Sano, who was supposed to hit in the middle of our order, has not had a plate appearance yet either, so we haven't been without our own adversity. But I do think it changes the landscape somewhat. Uh, we, we still regard that team as being excellent and one that we're trying to chase down. Uh, but right now, I think we're, we're relishing the position we're in, but we know there's a lot of season left to be played. But we'll continue to monitor the progress of that team as well as the other foremost teams in the American League uh, throughout all injuries and peak performances as, as the season ebbs and flows.
0: That how do you feel about your starters in the bullpen right now? And speaking of looking towards the outside, have to ask when Keuchel and Kimbrell stay on the market, are you still considering them? Is there, you know, as you see this team be more successful with the potential? I would guess to win the division. What's the thought process there with two guys still out there?
1: I think we've always had ownership support to pursue opportunities to improve the team. I will say this. I think we're really focused on the 25 men we have here and the handful of guys who are matriculating through the minor leagues and some guys that are getting healthy. The team's performed so well, and so we want to keep our attention and our focus there. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't have scouts continue to look at all the options out there and some of our analytics folks. It's early in the season yet, uh, but, you know, as as people always say, these games matter as much now as they will later in the season. So we're constantly looking at ways to, to optimize this team Right now, I think our focus is primarily internally,
0: though. And so, also, from a baseball standpoint, too, Thad, how uh, how concerning potentially does it get as guys uh, stay unsigned there? And I would guess, especially with the starting pitcher, there comes a point in time, too, where, where just the thought process of if we pursue said player and said player joins us as a veteran starter in, mm-hmm. let's say, June 1st, it's going to take until uh, july and I, I go back to what you guys also saw with uh lynn a year ago which was signing a guy in march and he really didn't find his stuff probably until june or so
1: uh, it's an excellent point and, and i wish i could tell you there's a formula there that we feel we could follow and say take x number of days before a player returns to his peak performance level we just don't know that right now so i think your point's really well founded in the terms of the longer it goes into the season, I think the more unknown it is as to how long it will take for some players to get up and running. And, you know, you mentioned Lance Lynn uh finishes the season having an excellent year with the New York Yankees, paralyzed that into a three year deal with the Texas Rangers. Believe it or not, his end of season performance is almost exactly what our guys had projected. Hmm. It just had such a line share of a team in the second half of the year which, was when he wasn't wearing a Minnesota Twins jersey anymore. So it does take a while for these guys to get going. I guess there is a reason we have spring training, and as long as it is to get these guys ramped up, and that's part of their routine that they're used to. When you take them out of their routine, I think there's a lot of unknowns as to how they're going to react.
0: Thank you, sir. Appreciate the time. Take care. Thad, thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, bye-bye. Thad Levine, Twins GM.